the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's podcast, sponsored by Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale at Hillsdale.edu. I encourage you to take advantage of the many free online courses there. And, of course, to listen to the Hillsdale Dialogues, all of them at Q for Hillsdale.com, or just Google Apple, iTunes, and Hillsdale. Morning, glory, America. Bonjour, hi, Canada. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Joe Biden should resign. That should be the opening of every single program on every single television, radio, and podcasting network. If you have read Robert Hur's report, if you watched last night's press conference, the president does not have the mental acuity to be president of the United States. If he were in the military, he would be relieved of command of any ship he was the skipper of. He could not pilot any aircraft for which he had previously been qualified to fly. He couldn't be in charge of any platoon anywhere. He's the commander-in-chief and should not be in the United States military. Lives are on the line. Our enemies know he's lost it. He cannot focus. He is an elderly man. Let's go to the opening of his angry press conference. When confronted with the Her report yesterday, the president went off. Not the best of decisions, but elderly old men of infirm memory and ability often do angry old men things. Cut number 24. Documents. In addition, I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Oh, last you. night I happened to have had dinner with a dear friend of mine, fabulous lawyer, Gary. And if you ever need a lawyer out here in California, call me. I'll send you to Gary. Smart as can be. Been a litigator forever. He lost his son a few years ago. And in the middle of dinner, I said, hey, Gary, when did Kevin die? And he instantly knew the day. Now, he is, I believe, 70. Yeah, he's 70. Instantly knew the day. People don't not know the day that their children die. It's the worst day of their lives. And for all of you out there for whom I've caused a bit of suffering by reminding you of that, I'm sorry. But it just demonstrates the president is not telling the truth. Let's pick up that clip. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering... You know what? Our Lady. Our Lady of what? Perpetual help? Our Lady of uh, the Black Madonna? Our Lady? You know, it just it, uh, keep going family and the people who loved him. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or passed away. Simple truth is I sat for a five-hour interview over two days of events going back 40 years. At the same time I was managing an international crisis, their task was to make a decision about whether to move forward with charges in this case. That's their decision to make. That's a council's decision to make. That's his job. And they decided not to move forward for any extraneous commentary. They don't know what they're talking about. It has no place in this report. The bottom line is the matter is now closed. 
I'm going to continue what I've always focused on, my job of being president of the United States of America. Boy, that's very close to Bill Clinton saying I did not have sex with that woman, and I'm going back to do the job of the American people. New York Washington Post headline, special counsel, no charges, report cites weak evidence of intent by Biden, an elderly man with poor memory. The 345 page special counsel report portrays Biden, 81, as someone who haphazardly kept notebooks and documents with classified information at his home, struggled to recall key dates in his life. Republicans quickly seized on the sting characterization to attack the Democratic incumbent as unfit for office. It ain't just Republicans. Special counsel Robert Hur's report also said Biden could not remember the year in which his son Beau died of cancer. And it goes on, the uh, Wall Street Journal, Biden's age, back in spotlight after special counsel report verbal flubs. Uh, uh, the New York Times legal exoneration, which it wasn't, political nightmare, which it is, and the president's reaction that really got the most attention, cut number 25. I'm of the view, as you know, that the conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian... Stop right there. Israel has not been over the top. The president just attacked our Israel, our Israeli ally, gave additional information. It's the front page of the time of Israel. It's the front page of every newspaper in Israel today. Over the top. Uh, adding yet another brief paragraph to the South Africa uh, indictment in the ICJ, as Tony Blinken did the day before. That's just crazy. But did you catch, you know, the president of Mexico, El Sisi, who happens to be the president of Egypt, and that was not called for. He didn't prepare. He went back to the podium. He also got into it, and he thought he'd be funny by being an angry old man who's losing his mind with Peter Ducey of the White House, Fox News, cut number 22. Questions? President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. See, he thinks that's he's a, funny. A, he thinks he's funny. That's an old man, grumpy old man who can't focus response. Kristen Welker, yesterday, cut number 18. But we begin with that bombshell report for President Biden, whose findings could have major political ramifications for his reelection campaign. This afternoon, Robert Hur, the special counsel investigating President Biden's handling of classified documents, released his final report and recommended no criminal charges against the president. But in it, he says President Biden, quote, willfully retained classified documents after his vice presidency, adding that the president's practices, quote, present serious risks to national security. The report you think, you think, yes. Guy Benson was on the panel last night on special report cut number 20. 
Oh, it's not a sleeper story. It's been discussed broadly. And the clips that you're playing, these are like maybe death by a thousand cuts in the public imagination. I think what happened here today with this report, where it's official in writing from the special counsel that he's basically impaired with huge memory problems. If there's ever a moment for the Democrats to say, OK, we need to really think about replacing him. This would be that moment. The question oh, would guy, be- this is the moment where. Former President Obama, Chuck Schumer, and Hakeem Jeffries make an appointment to see the president at Camp David and say you should quit. That happened on August 7th, 1974, when then Republican Senate Leader Hugh Scott, Republican House Leader John Rhodes, and 1964 nominee Barry Goldwater went to see Richard Nixon to say, turn out the lights, the music is over, you're done. Uh, because party elders sometimes have to go and see somebody and let them know when everybody says you're drunk, you'd better sit down. It's been great knowing you, Joe. Everybody likes you. You go back to making money with Hunter, do whatever you're going to do. You cannot be commander in chief because that requires split section sec- second decision making. There's Guy Benson, by the way, he noted that cut number 21. They're basically calling the president of the United States senile and impaired. That's one of their big reasons why they're not bringing charges against him, they say, because a jury might not convict him because it'd be a sympathetic, memory lapse riddled old man. I mean, these are effectively the exact words that they're using not to describe someone who's out of government, to describe the sitting president of the United States who is seeking a second term in office right now. And the comments that you just referenced, Liz, he's in Virginia, the president, and he Reference what's happening, and he sort of took a victory lap. And I think we're seeing from the White House and the campaign already a strategy to say, well, he gave this interview to the special counsel's office right around October 7th. So he was in the middle of this big international crisis. I think that's their pre spin on some of the problems that he had recalling things. I just don't think that helps them at all. Saying oh, Not sorry. in the least. Letting him go out and confuse President Sisi of Egypt with the president of Mexico was not a good idea. Earlier in the day, he had said this. Let's listen to cut number um, four. When I said, uh, when I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president of everybody, whether you live in a red state or a green state. Red state or green state. We come back. Supreme Court plays... Buzkashi with the Colorado Supreme Court decision. Remember Buzkashi? That's where the Afghans run around, kicking around the dead goat's head. Well, the Colorado Supreme Court opinion got kicked around like that. Yes, it's going to be 9-0. It's going to be 9-0. I told you it was going to be 9-0. We'll review it when we come. It's going to be 9-0. The president should resign. The Colorado majority should resign, too. They're, they're clearly not competent either, but at least they're not mentally incompetent. They're just wildly ideologically radical. Lots going on this morning. Stay tuned. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Good morning, America. I feel bad for having to be so blunt about the president needing to resign. Um, but it is Christian to speak the truth. Christianity is true. And it is true that the president is not fit to be commander in chief. He ought to be uh, retired. He ought to resign today. Not one ship would let a man like that skipper it. Not one airplane fly it. Not one platoon lead it. Nothing. He's not should not be the commander in chief. Now, yesterday at the Supreme Court, there was a lot of breathless coverage about what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Colorado threw Trump off the off the ballot on the day that happened, December 19th. I happened to have been on the panel 
on Special Report with Brett Baer. Here's what I said that night when Jessica Tarlov started talking about what a beautiful, wonderful decision it was. Cut number 20, 26. The right thing. That is not something stop, that a Democrat stop. ever did. Jessica, this is the worst legal thing right, you, I've you, ever you. heard. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd for a non-lawyer to sit here and say that minus a, a, a confrontation with someone who has not been charged, much less convicted, that the court can take them off the ballot. It is a shameful moment in American jurisprudence. It is like watching a bad high school musical. It is a cringe-inducing <laughs> moment for anyone who's ever taught the law, practiced the law, and Colorado will be scorned for decades because of this, and it will be reversed by the court very, very quickly. And quick- Boy, do we know that. Here's Justice Elena Kagan, who, of course, is a lefty, cut number 14. And put most boldly, I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. Betcha, how about Justice Alito, who's conservative? Cut number 13. uh, Justice Alito? I don't know how much we can infer from the fact that we haven't seen anything like this before and therefore conclude that we're never we're not going to see something in the future from the time of the impeachment of president johnson until the impeachment of president clinton uh more than a hundred years later there were no impeachments of presidents and in fairly short order over the last couple of decades we've had three so I don't know how much you can infer from that. Well, let me ask you a question power. about whether the power that you've Let's described. actually go to, to Chief Justice Roberts next, because he's, you know, the center right in the court, cut number 11. But what do you do with the, what I would seem to me to be plain consequences of your position? If Colorado's uh, position is upheld, surely there will be disqualification proceedings on the other side, and some of those will succeed. Some of them will have different standards of proof. Some of them will have uh, uh, different rules about uh, evidence. Maybe the Senate report won't be accepted in others because it's hearsay. Uh, Maybe it's beyond a reasonable doubt, whatever. In very quick order, I would expect, um, although my predictions have never been correct, uh, I would expect that uh, a goodly number of states will say, uh, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot, and others Uh, Exactly right, Mr. Chief Justice, and his predictions have often been exactly right. He's being self-effacing. Let's go way over on the left side. Sonia Sotomayor on the court yesterday. Cut number eight. You keep saying term limits. Um, There are other presidential qualifications in the Constitution. Age, citizenship. There's a separate amendment, the 22nd Amendment, that doesn't permit anyone to run for a second term. We have a history of states uh, disqualifying, not all, but some, of disqualifying candidates who won't be of age if elected. We have a history of at least one state disqualifying someone who wasn't a U.S. citizen. Right. Um, Are your arguments limited to Section 3? So you want us to say, I'm wondering why the term limits qualification is important to you. She was she was not on the top of her game yesterday, but it was let, look. Let's just face it; it's a loser case. I told you about Buskaji. You remember that the Afghans riding around with a goat's head? That was yesterday. They kicked that decision by Colorado so hard it is shapeless, formless. Those people 
probably were sitting in a corner at Reagan Airport last night, or they drove out to Dulles and wore a hat. They had, like, on sunglasses and a baseball cap. The Colorado justices are laughing stocks, And, they, I mean, it was bad faith on their part. This was never close. It was never going to be close. Donald Trump's going to be restored to the ballot. The main secretary of state should resign as soon as Joe Biden resigns. What a fiasco. What a day. What a day. The president, of, the president of the United States revealed to be incompetent. The Colorado Supreme Court revealed to be grasping out of control and indifferent to the Constitution of the United States. Stay tuned. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. There are two big deals yesterday, and I've already told you, Joe Biden should resign. He should have resigned last night. If he doesn't resign today, I suppose there's one thing he could do. He could do back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back interviews with the three major network anchors, plus Brett Baer and Jake Tapper, take all their questions, 45 minutes each, you know, take three, four hours, be done with it, let them all be unedited, let them ask whatever they want, prove to us that he had a bad day when Bob Hur came to call. He can't do that. He won't do that. He's incompetent. He cannot retain information given to him. He should not be the commander-in-chief. He should resign today. If he doesn't, Speaker Mike Johnson should ask Jim Jordan, chair of judiciary, to open impeachment proceedings of the president, submit the Robert Hur report, uh, submit the videotape of last night, close the proceedings, vote on impeachment, send it over to the uh, Senate, and see what they do with it, because they have to impeach him. Now, that doesn't give me a great thrill. That means President Harris. And that's pretty doggone scary. But she at least will remember what she's told. And she may make some terrible decisions, but she will remember what she's been informed of in terms of attacks on American troops and threats to the American Republic and crazy people trying to kill other crazy people. I I just don't think the president can remember anything. Now, on to the Supreme Court yesterday. The Colorado Supreme Court decision removing Donald Trump was wrong on the day it came down. I was on Brett Baer's panel when that happened on December 19th. Here's what I said to Jessica Tarlov, who was trying to make the case for it, cut number 26. Right thing. That is not something stop, that a Democrat stop. ever did. Jessica, this is the worst legal take right, you, I've you, ever you. heard. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd for a non-lawyer to sit here and say that minus a a a confrontation with someone who has not been charged, much less convicted, that the court can take them off the ballot. It is a shameful moment in American jurisprudence. It is like watching a bad high school musical. It is a (laughs) cringe-inducing moment for anyone who's ever taught the law, practiced the law, and Colorado will be scorned for decades because of this, and it will be reversed by the court very, very quickly. And quickly. Now, it is a, I said that in December 19th. It is a mortal lock. And I don't think anyone disagrees with me that the Supreme Court's going to reverse the Colorado Supreme Court. That's been that way since day one. Um, The only interesting question, and it is an interesting question, is if one of the two hard left justices want to dissent and enter the hall of judicial infamy, that would be a stunner if they did. Quote, put me down as dumb as a desk. I'm dissenting. I I think it's 9-0. Let's go back to a couple of quotes here. Chief Justice Roberts, cut number 11. But what do you do with the, what I would seem to me to be plain consequences of your position? If Colorado's uh, position is upheld, surely there will be disqualification proceedings on the other side, and some of those will succeed. Some of them will have different standards of proof. 
Some of them will have uh, uh, different rules about uh, evidence. Maybe the Senate report won't be accepted in others because it's hearsay. Uh, maybe it's beyond a reasonable doubt, whatever. In very quick order, I would expect, um, although my predictions have never been correct, uh, I would expect that uh, you know, a goodly number of states will say, uh, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot, and others uh, the, for the Republican candidate, you're off the ballot, and it'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's a pretty daunting consequence. Well, certainly, Your Honor, the fact that there are potential frivolous applications of a constitutional provision isn't a reason. Well, no, hold on. I mean, you might think they're frivolous, but probably the people who are bringing them may not think they're frivolous. Um, insurrection is a broad uh, broad term. And if there's some debate about it, I suppose that will go into the uh, decision. And then eventually what we would be deciding, uh, whether uh, it was an insurrection when one president did something as opposed to when somebody else did something else. And what do we do? Do we wait until near the time of uh, uh, counting the ballots and sort of go through which states uh, are valid and which states aren't? There's a reason Section 3 has been dormant for 150 years, and it's because we haven't seen anything like January 6th since Reconstruction. Insurrection against the Constitution is something extraordinary. It seems to me you're avoiding the question, which is other states may have different views about what constitutes insurrection. And now you're saying, well, it's all right because somebody, presumably us, are going to decide, well, they said they thought that was an insurrection, but they were wrong. And maybe they thought it was right. And we'd have to develop rules for what constitutes an insurrection. You know, I feel bad for the poor counsel. I've known the chief since 1985, and I would never, I would not want to be in front of him with a case like this. I mean, I'd argue a good case. I might lose, but I'd argue a good case. I'd be ready. When you get handed this pile of absurdities and get told, go deal with Roberts and Thomas and Alito and Amy Coney Barrett and Gorsuch, try to try and answer Keep begging Sotomayor and Kagan and Brown Jackson to ask you a question, but that didn't work either. Elena Kagan, lefty, cut number 14. And put most boldly, I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. In other words, you know, this question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh, to be president. Cut number 12, Brett Kavanaugh. On, on your point that it's been dormant for 155 years, I think the other side would say the reason for that is Chief Justice Chase's opinion in 1869 in Griffin's case to start, which says that Congress has the authority here, not the states. That's followed up by the Enforcement Act of 1870, in which Congress acts upon that understanding, which is followed, and there's no history contrary in that period, as Justice Thomas pointed out. There's no history contrary in all the years leading up to this of states exercising such authority. I think the reason it's been dormant is because there's been a settled understanding that Chief Justice Chase, even if not right in every detail, was essentially right, and the branches of the government have acted under that settled understanding for 155 years. And Congress can change that. And Congress does have Section 2383, of course, the Insurrection Act uh, criminal statute. But Congress could change it, but they have not in the 155 years in relevant respects for what you want here today. Do you know, no one's been charged with insurrection. Nobody. 
not Donald Trump, certainly, but not any of the people who've gone to jail for the riot at the Capitol. No one seditious conspiracy, but that's not insurrection. Congress passed the Insurrection Act. It's defined. No one's been charged. Uh, Neil Gorsuch takes another swing at the pinata that is the Colorado Supreme Court. Cut number 10. Why not? Because you say he's disqualified from the moment it happens. Now, I understand the de facto officer doctrine might be used to prohibit people from seeking judicial remedies for decisions that take place after the date he was disqualified. But if he's, in fact, disqualified from that moment, why would anybody have to obey a direction from him? Why? Well, on, what, on what theory? Because the, the, the Section 3 speaks about disqualification from holding office. You say he is disqualified from holding office from the moment it happens. Correct, but nevertheless... So, so it, it operates, you say, that there's no, no legislation necessary. I thought that was the whole theory of your case. And no procedure necessary. It happens automatically. Well, certainly you need a procedure in order to have any remedy to enforce the disqualification, which is I under, That's a whole separate question. That's the de facto doctrine. doesn't work here. Okay, put that aside. He's disqualified from the moment. Self-executing. Done. And I would think that a person who would receive a direction from that person, the president, former president, in your view, would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual. I don't think so, because I think, again, the de facto Why? officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play to say this is... No, de facto, that, that doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and, and, and insulate it from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside, okay? I think Justice Lee is asking a very different question, a more pointed one, and more difficult one for you, I understand, but I think it deserves an answer. On your theory... Would anything compel a, a lower official to obey an order from, in your view, the former president? I'm imagining a situation where, for example, a former president was, you know, a, a president was elected and they were 25 and they were ineligible to no, hold office, but no, nevertheless they were no, put into that no, office. No, we're talking about Section 3. And Please don't change the hypothetical, okay? I'm, Please don't change the hypothetical. I know I like doing it too. Can I stop for a moment? That is... Oh, that's terrible. Uh, I've been teaching law since 1996, and I can't tell you how many times the student wants to change the hypothetical because they don't know the answer, or there is no answer, or they've just been exposed as having no case. Now, that's happened to this poor lawyer, and so he's going to keep changing the hypothetical, and it's not going to work. In fact, Sam Alito goes right back to it. Cut number nine. I ask you again the question that Justice Gorsuch asked, and you, to which you responded by citing the de facto officer doctrine. But suppose we look at that going forward rather than judging uh, the validity of an act committed between the time when a president allegedly engages in an insurrection and the time when the president leaves office. During that interim period, would it be lawful for military commanders and other officers to disobey orders of the uh, of the the president in question. All right, so you get the idea. They're going to get thrown out. The only question is whether or not uh, either Justice Brown Jackson or Justice Sotomayor want to enter the Judicial Hall of Infamy and say, I dissent. Uh, I don't think they're going to. I think it's going to be 9 out. Might issue in a one-page per curiam today. 
because it's screwing up the election. Justices know it's interfering with the election. They should act today, as should Speaker Johnson. Now, I know Republican members of Congress are listening right now. I know that. I appreciate you listen every day in your offices and your drive to work. Somebody needs to bring, could be Jim Jordan, Sue Esponte, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, um, convene. They were going to impeach Joe Biden. The man's not competent. Here's the Hur report. Here's a videotape of last night. He can't be the commander in chief. Uh, Democrats, have your say. We're not going to take any more witnesses. This is all we need. He's not competent. Go on, rant for a while. Take the vote. Impeach him. Take it to the floor. Take the vote. Impeach the president. Send it to the Senate. Let them figure it out. Because, and there'll be a trial. Chief Justice gets to preside again over his third. Set the record for impeachment trials. I think he already holds it. But the third impeachment trial. And let's see which Democrats think Joe Biden is actually competent to be president. Because I actually think there's 60 votes to take him out. Because they understand at least 10 Democrats, at least 10 Democrats, 11 Democrats and independents understand the world is very dangerous. And we cannot have the President of the United States insulting allies, like calling Israel over the top, like Tony Blinken calling them inhumane. We cannot have him making decisions. He's got to go. We are not safe. Stay tuned. It's the Hugh Hewitt Show. I want to remind everyone, a great sponsor of the program is MyPhDWeightLoss.com. Generalissimo went on that program more than a year ago, lost 50 pounds. He's kept it off. And uh, stress eating is not allowed, I don't believe, even though we're under a lot of... Uh, sure uh, tempted uh, to this week, aren't we? Uh, everybody is. I, but, but we don't... I'm sure they give you tricks of the trade to combat that because that's one of the habits. You broke that habit. You're not going by Del Taco or Taco no. Bell. Have not. No. You haven't relapsed. Have not relapsed. And um, that is a, and it's healthy, it's wise, it's yes. productive. 864-644-1900. That's 864-644-1900. I'm Hugh Hewitt live in California. Stunned like the rest of the country is by last night's developments, the release of the Her Report, the president's really kind of scary press conference. And my three conclusions are he should resign. If he doesn't resign, Speaker Johnson and the House uh, GOP should impeach him and send that over to the Senate to see what they do with it. And I understand Kamala Harris is never going to win the spelling bee, but the commander in chief has to be able to intake info and remember it. Ben Dominich joins me. He is editor at large of The Spectator. He is also, of course, the uh, Fox News contributor with whom I enjoy spending time in green rooms. Ben, your reaction. Well, Hugh, I think that was really a momentous day in this presidency. I mean, I think that no one's going to look back on this presidency without remembering it, just in the sense that, you know, you you have so many things happening in the day that are bad for the Biden reelection effort. And we can get into the Supreme Court uh, stuff as well. But to, to me, you know, it was absolute political malpractice for whoever said to the president, you should go out there and have this late, yep. night, angry press conference, because to me, that added visual evidence to the, you know, black and white evidence uh, that we saw within the her report in, in an immediate way, in the immediate aftermath of this report, you know, and you could have had this footage from earlier in the day when he was out in Leesburg uh, in Virginia talking to Democrats where he was saying, you know, look, I'm vindicated because, the, you know, they're not going to prosecute me and, and, you know, I cooperated and Trump didn't, et cetera. 
and and you could, could have potentially had you know uh, some kind of moving on from this. You know, people want to talk about on the Democrat side, you know, how the economy is improving and and you know things are going to get better, and where you know that's really what matters to voters in terms of the end of the day. Well, it also matters to voters at the end of the day whether the president can function or not. And if the takeaway from the report was that he is a feeble-minded elderly man who cannot remember, you know, even the dates of his own vice presidency or even within years of when his own son passed uh, and, you know, really just can't keep track of anything. And that's the reason not to prosecute. You can't really turn around and make the case for his reelection. And uh, and when you have, you know, the last comment out of this White House being him confusing the presidents of Egypt and Mexico, it's just absolutely bonkers that they did that at the end of the day. And I... I was just I'm stunned by the, you know, the fact that we have even gotten to this point where there are still people who deny that this is a problem. I mean, Hugh, I understand partisanship, but this is obviously a problem for them and a problem for the country. And it's a problem with independent voters. It's not something that's going to go away. And they really have not found a message to get around it. And this morning, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but Joe Scarborough is just attacking Robert Hur and saying that this is uh, that this is Trump-like ramblings, you know, attacking uh, Joe Biden, that they have no place in the report. And, of course, they have to be in there because they're the justification for why they're not prosecuting him. And, by the way, a good, good former prosecutor who now runs a Cuban hot dog stand in a driving range in Florida, former prosecutor, said, of course you prosecute him. His mental incapacity goes to the sentencing, not to the crime for which he had yeah. mens rea at the time. But, Ben, I don't think we can wait a year. Our enemies read it, too. I don't think you would not let him skipper a single ship, no matter how small. You wouldn't let him fly a plane, no matter how expendable. You certainly wouldn't put him in charge of a platoon, even one that's just in basic training. You wouldn't let him do a thing. He's the commander in chief. He can't yeah. stay there. Yeah. And and I think that this is the this is the point where and I agree with you, by the way, about your analysis of what the Republicans in Congress need to do. This, this is a situation that is absolutely untenable. You know the state that the world is in at the moment. You see the way that things are, are, can, you know, are really you know, on edge all around the world in so many different ways. This next period of this presidency is going to be extremely difficult. The next year is going to be very difficult. We can't have a guy in charge, uh, you know, at, least, you know, at least on paper, uh, who just can't function can't fulfill the, the basic obligations uh, in order to, uh, you know, do the basic things that this job requires. And I think that, you know, it's really it's sad that it's even gotten to this point, you know, and very clear to me, by the way, that whoever told him uh, that he ought to run in the in the first place, whoever told him that he ought to run again, they really were doing a disservice to the man and to the country. Um, there's, you know, look, I, I think that Democrats have really, you know, not covered themselves in glory in the way that they've spun for him. And anyone who goes out there spinning for him after this report and after what happened yesterday, uh, they really are beyond the pale in terms of uh, partisan blinders that are preventing them from seeing how much damage this country is uh, is suffering and how much risk. They are uh, keeping on every hour that he still occupies that office. Now, Ben, I know a lot of people are going to say, but that means President Kamala Harris. I understand that Kamala Harris is never going to win the spelling bee. She's not. (laughs) But, but she will retain whatever information her senior military and political advisor give her. She'll She'll make wrong decisions, but she'll understand and retain it. People don't. This is the take away the car keys moment. And yeah. 
There is no getting around this. It should be the only story 24 say It's going to be the only story. I'm glad I'm going first because <laughs> for the next 72 hours, it's all people are going to talk about. And, and probably for week after week after week. He's Look, not competent, Ben. He just reminded me of one of my uh, favorite old Jack Handy deep, deep thoughts. <laughs> I hope I, I die like my grandfather did peacefully in his sleep, not like the people who died screaming in his car. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the American people. That's where we are right now. And I, and I think that, you know, we we look at this moment and we, we have to reflect on the fact that, you know, the, the extreme nature of the anti-Trump opposition uh, has led them really to, to commit every crime, uh, both, you know, uh, legally and ethically that they have accused him of doing. You know, it's it's the great irony of this, you know, is that I'm not sure that we ever would have learned about those boxes had not the raid on Mar-a-Lago happened. Uh, and, you know, of course, the, the Trump administration, during the entire administration, it was full of calls, the 25th Amendment, the guy, uh, for being in, uh, incapacitated, unable to do his job. Unstable kind of was thing. usually and, the term. Unstable, unstable yeah. not incapacitated. Yeah. No one ever accused Donald Trump of being a yeah. dummy. They you said are, he you wasn't are, stable. You are correct. The, yeah. But but the the idea that he did not have the the uh, mental ability to do his job uh, that he was that he was a crazy person who could start a nuclear war at any time and now you actually have someone who truly can't do the job who you know we have it right here in black and white from uh, and, and 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 people are still going to deny it they're still going to try to pretend uh, that they don't see what everybody in the country can see every day on television. All right, now I want to switch very quickly. Do you remember the Afghan game, uh, Buzkaji, where the uh, Afghans would run around with a goat's head and play with that for a while yeah. on horses? Yeah. That's what the Supreme Court did with the Colorado Supreme Court yesterday. Huh. And I think it's going to be 9-0. It's so deeply embarrassing to be one of the four justices who wrote for that. Do you, do you think that maybe there will be a moment of self-reflection among the that Trump derangement syndrome suffers, that if they were out there applauding this, maybe they ought to rethink whether or not they're allowing their emotions to override their their brain. There is an interesting twist in this lawfare strategy that they have been using against the former president, uh, you know, many of which involve some things that I think are, are justified, you know, just in terms of, of, you know, things that have to go through the process. This one clearly was not. Uh, it was wrongheaded from the beginning. The fact that it got the treatment that it did at the Supreme Court level was embarrassing. By the way, I had to—I was sitting through the entire thing, and I absolutely cracked up at several of the lines that were put out by Alito uh, during some of, some of this cross-examination, uh, essentially, of this Colorado uh, representative. I, frankly, I think that this uh, is a moment where Democrats ought to reflect on the fact that there are a number of people out there, a large number of people, in fact, in swing states who are Trump-Biden voters, meaning they voted for Trump in 16 and then they switched to Biden in 20 or they stayed home. Either way, effectively, you know, changing the result in so many of those blue wall states. Those people don't like the fact that you just tried to say you couldn't, you can't make a choice. You can't vote for Trump again. And, and basically rendering their original vote, uh, you know, is something that they have to be ashamed of. And those are the kinds of people that they need to win again in 2024 in order to have any hope of getting Joe Biden back in the White House. And also, by the way, I think a lot of the same people are the people who react in horror at the kind of things that were rolled out yesterday. Yeah. So I think this lawfare strategy was wrong from the, from the get-go, uh, and it, it has come back to, is going to continue to come back to haunt the Democrats. Ben, uh, qu- quick exit. If he doesn't resign as he should, and the Republicans don't impeach as they ought to, will... Be- will- 
Joe Biden be their nominee? Would they be that nuts? I feel like this is a moment where that conversation is happening in a, in a way now that it has never happened before. And it's the first moment where I feel like it might result in something actually changing. And especially the person, you know, the, who I want to know what his opinion of in America at this moment is the former president, Barack Obama. What I, I, I think party. Obama, Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries should do the Goldwater uh, Rhodes yeah. and Hugh Scott trip down the White House uh, that they did on August 7th, 1974, Richard Nixon resigning August 9th, because this is dangerous and the whole world saw it. The emperor has no clothes. He actually has no recall. Ben Dominich, good to talk to you. Follow him on X at B Dominich. See you in the green room soon. I'll be right back, America. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back, America. Sarah C. Bedford joins us from the Washington Examiner for our weekend review. I was going to talk to you about the fact the supplemental pass is going to the House. But first, I got to ask you, what do you think of the odds that Speaker Johnson puts away the Mayorkas impeachment, sends that sends the her report over to Jim Jordan and they quickly pass an article of impeachment and say the president is incompetent and the Senate needs to deal with that? What do you think are the odds of that happening, Sarah? Much higher after yesterday, I I really think that not only is the Mayorkas impeachment going to be sort of tabled, but I also think the current uh, line of inquiry for the impeachment inquiry in the House could also kind of be scuttled by this. I'm not sure how Republicans could pursue an investigation into Joe Biden being like the criminal mastermind behind an international business scheme just a few years ago, and also that he's mentally unfit to serve as president. We have strong evidence of that now. So I I think that all of the lines of inquiry surrounding the business schemes that his son and brother engaged in when he was vice president are going to potentially be tabled here because this is, you know, a, a much more clear cut and stronger case for challenging the president or removing the president. And the appropriate thing to do under the Constitution is to pass an article of impeachment, let the Senate figure it out. I would like to know, Sarah, you're in the Beltway and I'm in California. But last night I was at dinner with friends and we all reacted the same way, which is, oh, my goodness, the man cannot stay as commander in chief. What did you hear last night from people? I saw people who have been staunch, staunch defenders of Joe Biden Uh, who have never acknowledged any of his mental slips. I mean, some of that decline has been pretty obvious in his public appearances in recent months. But but people who have never conceded that he's lost a step, sort of confronting this reality that this is something that is going to uh, be litigated in the election. It wasn't in 2020. I mean, some of these signs of 
decline were evident four years ago when he was running for president. And it's part of why it's pretty clear he ran that sort of basement strategy during 2020 and blamed COVID. And now this this tactic of keeping Biden hidden away from the public, not doing a Super Bowl interview, not doing a press conference when a foreign leader comes to the White House, as was the case today and over this weekend, those options, those choices are not going to be tenable for this White House anymore. But the reality is that they can't put Joe Biden out there because he's not capable of, of executing on a performance. I mean, look at last night. That should have been the performance of his life. The highest stakes public appearance that he's had in the past probably decade was last night to prove his mental fitness. And he still mixed up the names of countries and leaders. Yeah, let's play cut number uh, 25 if we can. I'm of the view, as you know, that the conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi. All right, stop right there. Most people focused on the president of Mexico, Sisi, which is obviously out there. He's not the president of Mexico. He's president of Egypt for the benefit of the Steelers fans. But right before that, he said the conduct of Israel in Gaza has been over the top, which is a slam at our ally and admissible at the International Court of Justice. And no one has ever said that anywhere, even when Blinken said they've got to not dehumanize people, which is bad enough. Did anyone in your circle of contacts, friends, DMs, texts say he needs to resign? Because that's what I think. He needs to resign. I think you're going to hear those calls get a lot louder. And you make a great point, right? That is a pretty significant shift in the U.S. policy toward Israel. If the if the U.S. position is that Israel is, you know, over the top in Gaza. And I don't think that's the position of this White House. But to have a, a leader of the United States who says things like that and it has to be attributed to him. Oh, he, that's just grandpa to ignore him. What he says doesn't carry any weight because he doesn't really know what he's saying. I mean, that is not a tenable position for the commander in chief to just say things like that and the White House have to write it off. And you make a, a really good point. That is arguably just as bad as mixing up names is that he can just say things that are significant, that have significant foreign policy implications and world leaders just aren't supposed to take him seriously. Yeah, you know, I, I know that the International Court of Justice, I don't know if you follow that, they went and took out of context comments by Netanyahu, comments by Gallant, comments by Herzog, who's a non-political guy, and put them into their brief. Their brief will include, you know, I think Israel's been over the top, right? It's just, he's dangerous. He's a dangerous commander-in-chief, Sarah. So how are you going to spend your day? Because it's going to be a wild day on Capitol Hill. Gosh, I mean, we are chasing down this 25th Amendment situation. I mean, I'm old enough to remember that just a few years ago when I was covering the Trump administration, Trump had a couple of flubs and there was 25th Amendment talk. There was demands that his doctor come out and give a press conference to clear him to be mentally fit to serve as president uh, for far, far less. And I think those 25th Amendment conversations are going to get stronger now. Uh, better better that Speaker Johnson and Jim Jordan get together and they bring an article of impeachment. And they don't need to have hearings. It's the Her Report videotape last night, vote one article, send it to the Senate, see what they do with it. Sarah C. Bedford on Ad- 
Max at the Washington Examiner. Always a pleasure to see you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.